Hey, everybody, and welcome to Car Kegs. I'm Karen Cadova. And I'm Lizzie Keegan, and I just took a <laughs> sip of coffee. Everything's going according to plan so far. <laughs> welcome to Car Kegs. Maybe you'll notice that I'm the one talking, which means I am hosting, which means we have a guest who hey. has seen a show I have not. Everybody, welcome Lizzie number two. <gasps> Hi. Yay. Lizzie number two. Tell us about your nickname and your connection to car keeks. Yes. So I am a childhood friend of Lizzie number one, obviously. Hey. Uh, she's number one for many reasons. No, I'm only number one because <laughs> of age. No, 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 no. But we grew up together. We attended the same school. She was a year older than me, a year ahead of me. But we shared a love of theater and became close friends during high school. And then during college, she went to school in Virginia. I went to school in Maryland. So we were still able to see each other during school a few times. We have gone to New York many times to see many shows. You may remember me from such Car Keeps podcasts as Hamilton (laughs) and Scrubs. So yeah. So anyway, when we were in high school, that Scrubs episode where they do the JD number one, JD number two came out and a friend said, hey, you guys are Lizzie number one and Lizzie number two. And because honestly, just being the same name is difficult. We, you know, picked up number one and number two to be able to differentiate ourselves. And because we have the first, the our last names sound oh, kind of similar yeah. and both start with K. So yeah. it was really, I still remember when we had one teacher who was like, Lizzie K. No, Lizzie K.E. No, uh, no, no, there's no way. <laughs> so did you make your teachers call you number one and number two, or did they just figure it out? Did we have any same classes? I think we, we had, had that class together, AP government. That's true, yeah. But I think she called you Elizabeth. Yeah, probably. Oh, wow, sorry. You get the full name. You don't get the cool nickname. <laughs> yeah. That's too bad. My, my mom was never a huge fan of the nickname, so. Mm. And now I actually go by Elizabeth or Liz. Not Lizzie anymore. I, I know. Tears. But mm-hmm. I'm still number two. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> and we truly, truly write our correspondence to each other like, hey, number one, hey, number two. That That's is beautiful. how we address each other. Yeah. Gosh, you should tell Scrubs, like the podcast. I feel like they would find Ooh. that delightful. Because they just yeah, did that probably. episode recently. I don't know if you guys are keeping up with it live. I know that Lizzie and I are both always behind, but their podcast is excellent. We'll give them a second shout out. Fake oh, Doctors, Real best. Friends. It is the best. Cool. So today we're talking about, of course, a show I've never seen. We're talking about Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. Is that even the title? Did I get that right? Okay. That's correct. Great. So this is a show, and we're going to, I'm going to say what I know so far. This is a show that was on NBC. Was it ever on TV or was it just online? It was on TV. It aired on TV. It aired on TV, and I'm old enough to watch it on TV. (laughs) Because <laughs> I remember seeing something, it was like, NBC's number one digital release. And I'm like, huh? Like, digital? Who says that anymore? Like, it was just a really <laughs> weird commercial on Hulu that I saw. But it's about singing and musicals. And the redhead from Suburgatory stars in it. And Mary Steenburgen. Did you watch Suburgatory? I watched bits and pieces. It would be, my parents would have it on in the background on Wednesday nights, either before or after Modern Family. And so I've seen like parts of it. I thought it was great. I liked what I saw of it. What's her name? Jane? I watched it. Jane Levy. Yes. Or Mm -hmm. Levy. Levy. Yeah. But you liked Suburgatory? I did. I did like Suburgatory. (laughs) So this is another. not the Suburgatory episode? <laughs> no. Oh, ooh. Uh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. 
Yeah, so from what I can tell, it's a show about a woman who somehow starts seeing musicals or, like, starts to sing no matter what is going on. Like that. I, I like it, these guesses. The <laughs> dynamics, starts to sing. It is so confusing. And Skylar Aston is in it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Mm, we love him. Yeah, so I, I really, truly... I this is probably the show that I know the least about of all the ones that we've done besides what I've seen in commercials and like the minimal unfortunately buzz that I've heard about it. Um but Lizzie number 1, can you tell us what it's actually about? Enlighten us. Yes. So Zoe's extraordinary playlist came out in the, this year, came out this year, yes, and aired on TV and now it's on Hulu. And it is a ridiculous plot. It's I just want to start with that. <laughs> and it is a it is a show that combines it reminds me of like maybe like a Jane the Virgin or something because it combines this like absurdity with like very very deep real stuff. <laughs> so it's about Zoe who is in the tech industry and she's a redhead so she's already Lizzie number 2 to me. Like I was watching <laughs> and I was like, "Oh my gosh, it's Lizzie number 2." Wow. Except that she starts off as kind of like someone who doesn't love music and doesn't seem like very happy and I was like, "Well, that's not Lizzie number 2." But her dad is dying of a degenerative brain disease. Oh. And it's played by Peter. He's played by Peter Gallagher. Oh, love him. Okay. And she goes to get an MRI to figure out if she has the same thing, like, you know, to see if she has the same markers or whatever. And while she's in the MRI machine, the MRI tech is playing music, which she's not enjoying. And then there is an earthquake. <laughs> and... Somehow, while there is an earthquake, Karen, just the biggest sigh. That was amazing. <laughs> while there is an earthquake, something happens to her brain. Like the, the image, the MRI image of her brain is just like fireworks exploding. <laughs> it's so funny. And all of a sudden, because of that incident in the MRI, she doesn't, she hears other people's thoughts as musical numbers. Yeah. So... It, I know the description of it is like, why would I watch that? But I decided to give it a chance and I loved it. But it's important to know too that she, it's not a musical in that it's not, or it is a musical, but like the songs are not written for the show. It's popular songs. It's already written songs, uh, which was more oh. fun. I think was way more fun. Okay. Like you, Glee. Well, yes. Similar to Glee, mm -hmm. but less of a reason to be singing than Glee. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. Yeah, you you can't think about it too hard. You really can't. <laughs> it's very unrealistic. There are two high-ranking female tech managers at this company, so oh. just un completely <laughs> not believable. Not but one of them is Lauren Graham, yeah. right? <laughs> Lauren Graham is one of them, and so Renee Elise Goldsberry is the other one. Oh, look so, at that. Yeah. amazing! I watched the pilot of this show, like NBC. I watch broadcast TV still because I grew up with it <laughs> sure. and I like it. And I had NBC on for some reason, and they showed an ad for this TV show. And I was like, how had I never heard of this before? It was airing in like a week. And I was like, it's how have I never for me. <laughs> heard of this? One? This is my show. <laughs> so I record it, and I watch the pilot, and I'm like, this show's very bad, and I'm going to watch every episode. <laughs> <laughs> and they actually like previewed it about a month before they started airing the, uh, episode two, and then uh, you know the rest of the episodes. But I basically, I watched it every Sunday night. It came out Sunday, like seven or eight. And I would record it on my TiVo and then watch it that night. So I did like the whole weekly thing. Then when That's I heard fun. I was uh, invited to be on this podcast, I did rewatch it all in the last like week or two. So it is also very fresh. 
<laughs> but I remember, and I think I told Lizzie this when I was texting with her, like, I thought the first episode was just bad, but, like, I liked it. Uh-huh. And the second episode was a little bit better. I was like, okay. And then by the third episode, I just thought it was hilarious, and I was, like, all in. And then <laughs> by the last episode, we'll get there. But, oh, you know, oh my gosh. very emotional, I, bawling my eyes out, so. Yeah, uh-huh. I was going to say, I spent the first couple episodes enjoying the musical numbers, enjoying all these actors we love, but feeling probably the first, it's 12 episodes, season one. Mm-hmm. Feeling very like whiplash by the absurdity of the song and dance routine, literally song and dance routine. And then this like her dad is dying and there's this deeply serious stuff going on with her dad dying. And I was like, I felt so like th- this show cannot be both. And I was actually planning to come on car keys and say the show needed to decide whether it was serious or funny, it should, I was going to come on and be like, it should have been 30 minutes and just been funny and not have the dad storyline. But in the end, I loved it and like (laughs) felt like they did it pretty well. And I will say, I just have to, you know, y'all know me. I just do want to say before we jump into the questions that it feels really significant for me to have Lizzie number two on this episode because she is kind of Zoe in some ways with the red hair and the indicate, but and the love of musicals. But also, you know, as I've talked about on the show before, my dad died nine years ago. And so the whole plot line of the dad dying, like, destroyed me. Mm. We'll talk about that. Yeah. But I mean, I was like, I, I don't think I've cried that hard at TV since the end of Friday mm. Night Lights. I was just like ugly, crying, weeping my eyes out. But it feels really significant because... Lizzie knew my dad. Lizzie number two knew my dad and didn't just know my dad, but Lizzie number two and my dad were like kind of friends. <laughs> like they had their, like she, I think about how Lizzie came into town for the funeral and stuff, but not be, not simply for me, but because like she had a relationship with my dad too yeah. over musicals, which so yeah. meta. Yeah, Lizzie's family was my adopted theater family. My parents oh. weren't that into going to theater all the time we go sometimes but not like all the time and not like um, the Keegans not not like the not like the (laughs) Keegans and so once I you know had my own money and can buy my own ticket I would just go whenever the Keegans (laughs) were going (laughs) so I saw so many shows with her family including her dad and yeah that's so so special well before we keep talking about it let me just say uh spoiler alert this is a show that is still running. Is there a second season? Okay. Yep. So there should be a second season coming. Someday. So someday we'll see. Can y'all tell it's, it sounds like it was a fully formed season. It wasn't cut off by COVID. Does that? No. No. Yeah. It was definitely, a, it was definitely oh. intended to end. Oh, oh okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 yeah and they so. finished filming in January, I think. Mm-hmm. And Lucky. so, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, definitely if you want to see this show, stop, don't listen to this, come back when we're done. Cause it sounds like there are, some reveals and some spoilers. So yes. we'll say that. And now we're free to spoil whatever happens. So shall we get into this? So Lizzie number two, we said that you were watching it every Sunday night. Lizzie number one, were you watching it weekly or did you watch it all in a run? No, I heard that it was coming out and I was like, okay, like a show with musical numbers, Lauren Graham, like sounds mm-hmm. fun, but that's pretty much all I knew. And then Sarah, actually our guest from the last episode, told me she watched it and loved it. And so I was like, maybe I should try it out. And then really, like, I guess it was maybe three or four weeks ago, I was like really overwhelmed with work. And I thought about starting a bunch. I literally pressed play on like four different shows that were super dark and was like, I do not need something dark. I am trying to do ministry (laughs) in a pandemic. I don't need something Mm -hmm. dark. And so 
I was like, let me watch Zoe's Extraordinary Place because this will only be fun. Little did I know that it would rip my heart out, but but it was still worth it. And so I immediately texted Lizzie after the first episode and was like, did you watch it? She was like, obviously, like, come on, <laughs> what are you talking about? So yeah, that was, I just watched it probably three or four weeks ago. Yeah. Uh-huh. Lizzie, Lizzie texted me saying, I'm watching Zoe's and the character reminds me of you. And I said, you are not the first person to text me those exact words. <laughs> <laughs> that, so. How many people do you feel like have texted you that? There, I know one person has, and I, th- I think another person had as well. Oh so, my gosh. yeah, minimum well, one, maximum two, three, <laughs> two, three. I don't well, know others. Okay, Lizzie, number two. I'll lob the first question to you. Who is your favorite character? Ooh, that's a tough question. I think Zoe is actually my favorite character. Uh-huh. I think I do think the actress Jane Levy did a really good job portraying her. You know, she has a lot of inner emotions and turmoil that she has to deal with and I think she just kind of gets the most meat to to play with in the whole mm. series okay yeah Lizzie number one are you going to surprise us by saying the protagonist is your favorite I mean I really really did love her like I did not dislike her like I normally dislike a protagonist <laughs> because she was she was flawed but flawed in That's like good. really understandable ways based on just being a human and then what she was going through as well. I'm trying to think my favorite character. She, uh, she really might be my favorite character, but I will give a second to Max, her, her best friend slash love interest. And I don't know if it is in large part because I love Skylar. Ast- what is it? Aston? Aston. Scott Aston. Yeah. A-S-T-I-N. Like Sean. Are they related? No. The guy from Lord of the Rings. Okay. I don't think so. Anyway, I just, sorry, readjusting, (laughs) found him to be a very likable and fun character. And I love, I mean, ever since Pitch Perfect, I love his singing voice. So Mm -hmm. anytime he was singing, I was like, oh, this is the best. Yep. He also sings in Crazy Ex-Girlfriend for a couple episodes. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Wait, is he? He's the Greg? He's new Greg. He's the new Greg. Greg. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We'll have to save those thoughts for another time. But, oh, yes. <laughs> so your favorite is, what's his name? Max. Max. Okay. And that's the best friend lover. Do they fall in love in season one? Or it's just the seeds? No, basically they're best friends and he is in love with her. But there's, mm-hmm. there's a love triangle. She is interested in someone else, which we'll get into later because that's one of my answers to something else. But okay. he confesses his love to her. She doesn't really respond. She doesn't really know how to be honest because she doesn't want to lose the relationship. It's just kind of one of those dynamics. And they're not together by the end. <laughs> no, I, I like the way the show handled the end of the love triangle. Me too. And But also you should note that she is friends with Max and they hang out. Somehow she doesn't know he likes her, which I think seems impossible. But in episode two, at the end of episode one, actually, he she hears him sing a song. She calls them heart songs, basically the inner emotional mm-hmm. song. And he she hears him sing her a love heart song. And she's like, oh, no, he's in love with me. So she knows mm-hmm. that. But he doesn't know that she knows that relationship gets weird. He eventually does publicly express his feelings for her relationship yeah. gets strained. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah, no, I don't want to know anyone's thoughts ever. I think I've decided. <laughs> That's my least favorite superpower. Okay, so do y'all have least favorites? They're both pondering. They're both oh, thinking tough. about it. I really like a lot of the people in the show. I think maybe her brother and her brother's wife 
have some of the least character development and the least chemistry and yeah i wanted to love their story but i didn't feel like the couple had chemistry yeah so Mm. i think i i like the actress who plays her brother's wife Mm -hmm. i think you know that i'm not blanking on the the wife's name the character's name but uh, and they give her a couple of songs and she does fine but it just doesn't resonate very well Mm. i think she's not given enough definitely that's too bad i think miley's favorite character is probably you're gonna have to help me remember his last name, but David Michael, whatever. Oh, sure, yeah, the he's, CEO, he's the CEO of the tech company they work for. The reason I didn't like him is because, like, Danny Michael David. Danny, there like, it is, Danny Michael David. Something like that. Is that the character? Danny Michael David. That yeah. is the character's name. He is super absurd and over the top and everything about him is over the top. And I already felt like, okay, your show is already over the top and absurd because of the whole plot line of the singing and all the song, num- the musical numbers. Mm. Like, don't give me a caricature of a character. Like everybody else I found a little bit more believable. I mean, you even commented to me how you felt like some of the people that worked in the tech company were like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Those people oh, are yeah. really oh, there. Yeah. I but think he, uh, he just felt ridiculous to me. Are you familiar with, like, any tech CEOs like Jack uh, from Twitter? Yes, yes. Yeah, or Mark Zuckerberg from I Facebook. I feel like he was a mash of the two of them. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah. But I still felt like mm. it was, I don't know, it just felt a little over the top for me. Yeah. Interesting. I don't feel like either of those two people are particularly animated. So it's weird to think that that would be the choice for yeah. that actor. I mean, he's not animated. No. He's just absurd. Like, the things his character does are just absurd and over the top well how about favorite relationships we've already started to chat about this lizzie number two she raised her hand (laughs) (laughs) so my favorite relationship is zoe and her neighbor mo Uh. their relationship i think it's mo's definitely my second favorite character of the show he has a lot of really good one-liners and i love witty one-liners a lot so they're not friends at the beginning of the show and mo likes song and is kind of the helper for Zoe to figure out what all of this means, her hearing this heart songs and figuring out kind of the rules of her superpower. <laughs> and so they become friends over the season and he gets a lot of interesting storylines and deep character development. He's also probably the best singer on the show. Oh yeah, easily. Who plays him? Yeah. Uh, Alex Newell, mm. who was on Glee, also on Broadway. I'm not sure what He's, else. Yeah, go ahead. And yeah, he is like his plays with gender expression on the yeah, show. He's so. non-binary is what he would, that's how the mm. actor would self-identify. And he says the character is very similar to him. Yeah. Sure. And they explore that a bit in the show, but yeah, the, just kind of the best performance I say overall on the show. Although Skylar Aston's quite a good performer as well. So, but their <laughs> I, relationship, oh. yeah, that, that friend, that developing of the friendship throughout the season, I think is my favorite relationship. I, I really liked their relationship by the end of the show. And, like, I agree with you that it was very fun for her to have, like, one person who knew everything about the superpower and, like, help her understand it. But I didn't like that they started off, like, disliking each other. Like, I felt like Zoe was Aww. unnecessarily mean to her in the – I mean, to him in the first episode. Sorry. And I'm like, I don't – to me, it could have gone from neutral neighbor relationship. Like, I don't really have a thought about you because that's how a lot of neighbor relationships are mm-hmm. to deep friendship. But it threw me off that Zoe was like disliked him at the beginning. I was like, yeah. I, don't, I don't understand what's happening mm. just because well, his music is loud. Yeah. That's kind of the excuse they give. Right. So Mo's also the building manager or is that the right word? Like the landlord? 
not the landlord, but the person who yeah. takes the rent and fixes all the small problems or whatever. Yeah, we call uh, that in, manager in our apartment building. Yeah, in order for like reduced rent and stuff. And so, yeah, Zoe, the beginning of the show, Zoe waking up to music coming from Mo's apartment and her being annoyed. But I like mean, also mean that seems in her annoyance. That's what bothered me. Interesting. Okay, Lizzie, favorite relationship? Um, (laughs) Just kidding. My favorite relationship, unsurprisingly, Zoe and her dad. So the way that Zoe, the way that they get away with Peter Gallagher, like her dad slowly, his degenerative brain disease is basically like paralyzing him and like killing his organs one at a time. And so he's like... He, does, he can't talk. And about like a couple episodes into the show, they figure out a way to communicate with him with like a computer that he can click some letters on. But hmm. he and then he like his face, he doesn't have facial expressions, really. His face is really like drooping and stuff, which was a little bit disconcerting to watch Peter Gallagher do that. But I mean, I want to be clear, like my dad did not die that way. My dad died very suddenly. And I actually was like, man, this show is like why my dad wanted to die very suddenly (laughs) because my dad didn't want anything like this but anyway what they do in the show is he is able to come like he comes alive like kind of in her mind or whatever because he sings songs his she can still hear his heart songs and so then like peter gallagher his face is totally normal he's not doing like the paralyzed face thing like sing songs to her and the show, um, spoiler alert, the show ends with him dying and right bef- right as he's dying, he like sings her a song about how much he loves her. I'm going to cry again talking about it right now. <laughs> well, they, like, they like dance together, which like, oh my gosh, I was, oh my gosh, I was just a mess. And then it was, it was I think it was mm. earlier in that episode or maybe it was the episode before where she sings to him. This is another moment that like destroyed me where she sings to him like, what song is it? I have a list of songs, but she sings to him about like, how do, oh, she sings, how do I live without you by Leanne Rhymes mm-hmm. and to him. And I was just like bawling. So anyway, it was just, it was just cr- it, like, obviously it got to me on a deep level because of my life, but also I, I could not believe how much my opinion changed about the seriousness of the show. Hmm. Cause the first couple episodes I was seriously like, I did what, why, what, why are we talking about something so serious? But, oh my gosh, watching her wrestle with her grief and saying goodbye to her dad and the family dynamics. Oh my gosh. It was so, yeah, so good. It's an interesting choice to have tackled that in the first season. Like I, it's, that seems more like a second or third season plotline, which I know nobody can like guarantee, but just like from a, like if he was going to be such a major point of the first season, like it makes you wonder what the second season will look like, which we'll talk about predictions towards the end. But uh, Lizzie number two, did you have a favorite plotline or episode that was different from Lizzie's? I'm, I mean, the last episode is, is really great. I think there's no way around it. Favorite plotline. I mean, I think I think that plot line of Zoe coming to terms with the loss of her father. She's very close to her parents. Mm. I, I think that is definitely the best plot line. I kind of actually, this is weird, but I liked some of the Lauren Graham plot line. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And her realizing that her husband and her should not be together and yeah. her removing herself from that Sad. marriage and kind of, yeah, I think that relationship and, and her relationship to Zoe and the counsel she gives to Zoe about, you know, make sure, sure that you're there for your family during this time. And 
you know, don't think about work and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's not really a plot line, but I thought at, at first I was like uh, a little bit worried about the, you know, female manager in tech yes. plot line, but I thought that yes. they actually like portrayed it pretty well and, and mm-hmm. gave her some meaty stuff to chew on. Yeah, yeah for sure. Do, do either of y'all have a least favorite plot line? Well, I didn't do my favorite plot line yet. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I did thought... my favorite relationship. That's oh, okay. I'm sorry. I thought those were your favorite um, moments. No, no, no. That was okay. her, Zoe and her dad were my favorite relationship. But my favorite plotline episode is episode seven, Zoe's Extraordinary Confession. So I this is <laughs> definitely spoilery, but what it happens, I loved it so much. So like I said earlier, Max, like or I'm sorry, like number two said earlier, Zoe hears Max's heart song and knows that Max is in love with her. But then <laughs> in episode seven, you know, there's she's trying to decide whether to tell Max the truth about her superpower and well, whether to tell him the truth that she knows he is, has feelings for her. She's like questioning everything. And they go out to lunch in a food court during work and he starts singing a song that I love. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> if I Can't Have You by Shawn Mendes, which is just a phenomenal song. I can't write one song that's not about you. Karen, you don't look like you know what I'm singing. But anyway. I mean, I know Shawn. Uh, I, like, I can't hear it. But yeah. Anyways. Anyway, he starts singing it. And normally when someone sings a heart song, she it's kind of like she like talks to them or like says things, but they can't hear her because it's all fictionalized, you know, not fictionalized, but it's like all in her head. But she says something to him <laughs> while he's singing and he responds. And she's like, wait, what? And it turns out it was a flash mob (laughs) that he was confessing his feelings to her. So it's like the first song in the show and only song, I think, that's like a real song, like is really happening in real life. And it totally tricked me. I went back and watched it again because I was so like, what? Like, that was real? Like, he was really singing and all these people were like dancing with him. And then I watched it a third time because I love that song. Oh, and I love his singing. But I just thought that whole plot line. And then it turns into like a very interesting like whole thing with their dynamic of her being just that whole sentence of like, she doesn't want to yeah. lose the friendship. But I just loved that episode, I honestly, I like that whole episode a lot because that's a whole episode where the mom is choosing between caregivers for the dad too, which I really mm. enjoyed that plot. But mm. anyway, I just, oh my gosh, I was just delighted when I realized like, <laughs> oh my gosh, it's a flash mob. He's really singing. Like, it just made me so Dang. happy. When was the last time I've seen yeah. a flash mob? Like a decade? Yeah. <laughs> I thought, that's awesome. When you started saying that, I thought you were going to say something else. And so now I kind of want to change my answer for my favorite episode, which is episode eight, which is Zoe's Extraordinary Glitch, which is the episode where at the beginning of the episode, she goes to a doctor's appointment and they find out that their dad is no longer responding to treatment and will die in a few weeks, basically. And she comes back and then for the first time in the series, she sings a song, Hmm. but other people can see it. But in her head, it's like a number, a production number with backup dancers and everything. But people just see her just like singing and dancing crazily by herself and she can't control it. And she so she starts singing in inappropriate moments, including to the CEO of the company. But I thought Jane Lee did like an amazing job with that. And I just thought it was pretty funny. I mean, it's it's becomes even more and more unrealistic. But I thought that was a fun kind of on its head episode. And, you know, we've talked about how much we enjoyed Zoe's character arc dealing with the grief of losing her father. And this one was really focused on that, especially. So it was hilarious Mm -hmm. too. Yeah. Yeah. 
So did y'all have least favorite episodes or moments? Plot lines? Oh, yes. Oh, <laughs> I got thoughts. I was like, I knew I had something. I really do not like Simon, the whole relationship with Simon thing. So Simon is the other guy that Zoe. So it's a, it's like a guy at work that Zoe has a crush on. Which, mm-hmm. by the way, let me comment about Simon. Something I loved about this show, which made sense for what it's about, is the diversity of the show without being about diversity. Mm. So Mo is non-binary and black. Simon is probably mixed. He seems to be like lighter skin black. And, you know, Zoe's sister-in-law is Asian. Like there's just all these characters who are of different ethnicities, even though like obviously the central family is white. Maybe that's not obvious, but the central family is white. Peter Gallagher. So, okay. But anyway, but like they didn't talk about that. Like it didn't have Mm. to be like, we're being diverse. Let's talk about it. It was just like, oh yeah. Like people are. Yeah. Oh, and the, what's his name? Tobin. Tobin, yeah, Indian. uh, Indian, like there's just, Mm -hmm. anyway. But Simon, I like Simon as a person, and I like that she had a crush on Simon, but then you find out she and Simon seem to be like vibing a little bit, and then you find out that Simon has a fiancé, and then there's unfaithfulness involved. (laughs) Zoe gets involved in some unfaithfulness and like ruins their engagement party. Not on purpose. Not on purpose. But still, the fiance overhears Zoe talking about Simon. It's just like, and I just was like, ah, like I liked the plot of having a love triangle. And like, I liked Simon as a person, but I just, I like, I could not root for him in the second half of the show. So he ends up, spoiler alert, breaking up with his fiance. And like in this end of the show, it's like, who will Zoe pick? Like which one? And I'm like, I cannot root for Simon. Like, Mm Like, not just because Zoe... Like, whatever. If they decided to break off their engagement on their own, that's their thing. If they shouldn't have been together, that's fine. But I just, like, cannot get behind unfaithfulness. Yeah. I cannot root for unfaithfulness. Yeah. So that really bothered me. But Yeah, I agree in general as well that being the love triangle being the weakest plot line of the show. I know, like, for narrative purposes, it's good to have all the characters in the same place to have tension and stuff. But, like, most women I work with don't date at work for obvious reasons hopefully it just gets really weird and so mm. i just feel like she's not making good choices uh-huh. by <laughs> even entertaining any of this especially because at the beginning of the season she becomes a manager so she's max's manager yeah so that's all inappropriate okay. for many reasons and and then yeah the simon stuff's inappropriate because mm. he has a fiance and so that whole love triangle stuff i thought all the actors were good mm-hmm. but le- definitely the least favorite yeah, yeah. plot line yeah yeah that's too bad. It's, it's like for such a crazy show, it seems like they wouldn't need to rely on like tropes like that. It's like basic classic love triangles, but interesting. I think it was also a, a way to get them all to sing because Simon was a great singer too. And mm-hmm. I think in the first half of the show, even though I didn't like the unfaithfulness, I understood because I thought it was supposed to be like an outworking of her grief that she just like has a crush on him anyway. And then she finds out he's grieving his dad. So then they like bond mm-hmm. over that. But then the, but the fact that by the end of the show, I'm supposed to believe they still have potential was like, uh, no, yeah, not interested. Hmm. So anyway. Yeah. Do y'all have a favorite song that you haven't mentioned yet? Yes. I added this song to the car keys uh, this song. I added this question to the car keys list just for this show <laughs> because there's so many wonderful songs, but Oh my gosh, far and away my favorite song, even though I did love that flash mob, was when Lauren Graham and Renee Elise Goldsberry 
who, you know, Angelica, are like these dueling managers, which again, as Lizzie said, not realistic, but that's fine, um, <laughs> in a tech company. But they are having this like competition between their floors over this product. And they sing The Boy Is Mine because they're fighting over Max working for them. <laughs> and they sing The Boy Is Mine by Brandy and Monica, a.k.a. The anthem of my fourth grade year. Okay, no, all right. Oh my gosh, it was phenomenal. And at first, I was like, "This is absurd," because Renee Elise Goldberry walks all over yeah. Lauren Graham. But then I realized that's kind of like Brandy and Monica. Some people, I don't know if you two will know what I'm talking about, but people listening who know Brandy and Monica will know that Brandy walks all over Monica. And maybe that's a hot take for some people, but it did feel like. Renee was the equivalent of Brandy and Lauren was the equivalent of Monica. And I <laughs> loved it. And I love that song. And it was, oh, it was phenomenal. Okay. Loved I, it. I'm glad you mentioned that. Cause I was going to talk about the same thing. I, I appreciate that Lauren Graham gave it her best shot, uh-huh. but they have to dance right next to each other. And you just are like, Oh, one of you is really <laughs> good at this. And one of you is just trying really hard. And I appreciate it. <laughs> Ooh, that sounds kind of cringy. Ah! I don't know if I can watch that part. Uh, Lizzie number two, favorite song. So I think hey, there's a lot. A lot of the fun numbers are really great. I don't know if we're going to talk about the choreographer at all, so I'm going to bring it up now. But the choreographer for the show is Mandy Moore. Oh, yeah. Not, what? Not the, not not. the singer, the okay. other one. So you think you can dance choreographer? Oh, yeah. I so love her. she's exactly. She's a choreographer, and so you think you can dance, and honestly, has some of my fa- favorite numbers of yes. all time from that show. Yes. And she also choreographed La La Land. So if you watch Zoe, you'll be like, this looks like the beginning of La La Land. So random. Yeah. And so she has a really good feel for choreographing to a camera. Hmm. And so just like all of the numbers, especially the really big group numbers, are just choreographed oh. really well. And the background dancers are amazing. And there's a lot of diversity in the background dancers as well, which yes, I appreciate. so great. They're not all like really ha- like pretty people in their right. 20s. There's just a young, old, all sizes. It's great. I love it. Aww. And then she makes a cameo. And she does make a cameo. Yeah, that's right. Oh. She's the casting director for a cruise ship that uh, Mo's boyfriend was auditioning for. Hmm. If I had to pick out one favorite song, it might be a song that has very little choreography, which is the final song of the show, which is a really long oh. take in the, in the family's home after the funeral to American Pie. And so the, it's like basically shot as a one shot. Yes. And it goes through all the different rooms in the house and all of the different character, characters sing a little bit of the song. Phenomenal. American Pie. And if you're not already, like, just the tears just keep flowing and flowing for the last like 20 minutes of uh-huh. that episode. But they all did a really good job with the emotion. You know, those types of sh- shots are really difficult to organize and choreograph and everything, even mm-hmm. though it's not a lot of dancing or anything. But yeah, that's a really, really good song. Awesome. Aww. This is such an interesting show to hear without any context. Because I feel like <laughs> every new thing you bring up is a, like a total curveball. And there's yes. just all of them on. Anyways, as we wrap up our discussion of this show, I'm curious what you guys think is going to happen next. Because it sounds like there was a major character who died in the first season. And there's a love triangle that... We know what Lizzie number one feels about it. It's like, what do you think is going to come next? And how long do you think the show will go on for, especially with COVID? I think the show seems to have, I mean, because it got already renewed for a second season, it seems to have enough of like a cult following. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it would have survived 10 years ago. But in the days of streaming where you don't need like as big of a following to survive, I think Mm -hmm. 
it will go on for a couple seasons. I'm going to guess maybe like three or four seasons. And yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm actually really happy that they concluded the dad storyline in case it had only gone one season. It would have felt very unsatisfying for mm. it to end without a resolution to her dad's sickness. True. But I don't know how they will thread the needle of like being serious and funny next season without that plot line. Maybe it will have to do with her mom or maybe the... You know, her she her sister-in-law is pregnant, so maybe with the baby. I don't know. Maybe yeah. maybe it will lean more into like the funny and just the or maybe it more will more be about how to deal with her superpower. Cause they really don't talk about that much. But one thing I will say, I am this is a way to get in one other thought I had, but also to talk about next season. <laughs> I cannot wait to see them continue to bring in amazing guest stars because as if I was not missing my dad enough, because my dad would have been obsessed with this show lizzie can attest like Mm -hmm. oh my gosh he would have been like lizzie he would be calling me oh man elizabeth you need to go watch this show (laughs) that is what he would have said but in like the 10th episode of 12 bernadette peters shows up and i was Mm -hmm. like are you freaking kidding me like i'm just gonna weep the rest of the and the oh my gosh i'm sorry i just have to say this the their ability to be serious and funny was like culminated in the moment for me when they go casket shopping because nothing in my life has been weirder to me than casket shopping the day after my dad died. It was like truly the weirdest experience of my life because they're trying to like sell you, upsell you on types of caskets. Mm-hmm. And so it, like that scene was like, oh my gosh, that is exactly what it's like. Oh my gosh. Wow. Anyway, I cannot wait to see the future guest stars like Renee Elise Goldsberry and Bernadette Peters and other phenomenal singers we love. Okay, those are my predictions. Yes. <laughs> I cannot wait for guest stars as well. I think they did sow a few seeds in season one of that they'll, you know, pay off on season two. Like Lizzie mentioned, her brother's going to have a child. So I think that's going to be a big part. Learning how to deal with the grief. So, Mm -hmm. you know, she had kind of the anticipation of her father dying and now she has to deal with what it means that her father's no longer there. Lauren Graham is going to be like the temporary CEO of the tech company that they work at because the real CEO has to go into hiding or something or no, it's going to jail. I don't know. I can't remember. That felt very like (laughs) Twitter and Facebook, but yeah. (laughs) And so I feel like they could do some interesting stuff there. And I think, yeah, I'm, I'm expecting them to explore more with the mom, have her have a good character arc of her dealing with the loss of her spouse. So, Mm. wow. It sounds like Sorry for the long, long episode, but we love this show. Yeah. There's a, it sounds like there's a ton of nuance and a ton of, Character development, although not for everybody, but it sounds like there are a lot of different plot lines going on. Like, I like that. That seems leveled and heavy. I think you will like it. You think I would like it? Yes, I really okay. do. I'm not 100% sold because you're right. Like, it does sound ridiculous. I feel like I have to just sit down and watch it, and that's when I would decide because it, like, sounds crazy. <laughs> I mean, it's it's tone that I think you would enjoy is that it's very similar to crazy ex-girlfriend in tone, but just has a little bit more of that serious stuff with the dad plot rather than going rather than like her mental health going off as Mm. the serious plot. This, this show does funny and serious separate way better than crazy ex-girlfriend did. Huh? Yeah. Wow. We'll unpack that another time. Uh, (laughs) I have thoughts, but interesting, you know, your audience, good sell. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Before we are done completely, Lizzie number two, I want to give you a chance to answer our guest question. Is there a show that you would never want to talk about? Wait, is that the question? Yeah. Yes. The show that you would never want to talk about on Car Keeks. Do I have to have watched it? No. 
Game of Thrones. Yeah. Nice. Never seen it. Never want to see it. Same. Yeah. Not interested. That you're in good company. I, it just is too big. It's too much and like too worldwide, you know? So I feel you. Yeah. Well, Lizzie number two, thanks for being here. Lizzie number one, Yay. always a pleasure. So fun to have you guys. This is a longer episode, but it's our podcast. So who cares? Like also we it's make- 2020. So we're doing yeah. whatever we want. There's no rules in a pandemic. This is all, this is, there's no rules. It's fine. No parents, no rules. So (laughs) if you guys want to share your thoughts, comment on the show, give us more suggestions of shows to watch. You can find us on Instagram at carkeegs, or you can email us at carkeegspodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. You guys are great. And we'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye.